paranormal live streaming uh and the podcasting when did you start your podcast by the way how long has it been going now i started this thing back march of 2020 2021 when was it yeah it was it's it's been over a year now yeah so and i plan you know no plans to stop yet you know i'm i'm, I'm loving it i don't know about you but this has been um just uh kind of just very eye-opening for me yeah. and uh, a whole new world and yeah and uh, i've met so many just crazy amazing people in this process um i just never thought i would i would be doing this you know i don't know how long how long have you been actually podcasting podcasting um, well uh podcasting about i i'm i'm kind of on and off we started podcasting doing a show but it well, I wouldn't really call it a podcast it was just gareth and and myself doing chatting about the paranormal and we would just record it and put it up online for people to listen to and then we kind of realized that i guess we're you know i guess we're podcasters now and <laughs> uh, yeah and it was like uh well let's just kind of you know people were enjoying it let's put more stuff out and let's get a little bit more polished and stuff like that so yeah we yeah. did we, we did it for a while and and i've kind of that went i mean god must have been it's got to be 10 12 years been doing it now so wow. it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> but no, no signs of stopping. You're no, you're well, full steam you know, ahead. No, I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> I am enjoying it. It is fun, uh, and uh, I do find that uh, the the great thing is I've met some really cool people, and uh, thanks to some of the listeners out there who wrote into the show and said, "Hey, uh, really happy you're back. Really happy that you're doing the show. But hey, wouldn't it be good if you brought in some?" some you know some guests and mm -hmm. and pick their brains and i and i was a bit to be honest with you at the beginning i was a little bit reluctant i thought well you know i don't know these people and i and i couldn't rekindle what what gareth and i was doing so i thought well all right i'll give it a go and uh, i'm glad that they did bug me to do it because it was it really turned the show around it gave it a new uh a kind of dynamic that i wanted to do and like yeah. you you know you have guests on you know that when you have a guest and you get chatting about stuff mm -hmm. it, the, the conversation it goes everywhere doesn't it? oh it's it it's incredible anywhere. yeah you just get lost in it um my my side still hurt from laughing so much the last episode that i did <laughs> um yeah the the guests that uh, i get on here are just really a, a treasure and i i think i was hesitant too about doing guests on my show i just wanted to do my thing i just wanted to do this educational aspect of it um and then i'm 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 terribly shy so i was like oh i don't know if i'll know how to you know ask them the right questions and lead the conversation because you, you do have to kind of take control a little bit and then you just let them go yeah and that's that's the biggest secret i found is oh no just let keep keep going yeah that's amazing like yeah, and yeah. i just love these conversations you know that you have yeah, but so, I was hesitant to. So, uh, so I was going to say, um, when you do get talking to people and they start to tell you their stories, I think that's yeah. an interesting part of interviewing people is when they, yeah. they, you know, they tell you about their past and the things that they've experienced, and uh, and and then you find commonalities with the way that you've experienced things. I mean, everyone, people watching this stream right now, they might have things happen in their life, and they're like, "Well, I'm not sure what that was." You know, it's mm -hmm. unexplained or. I'm a bit confused about what that was and and it kind of when you when you have those things happen you either kind of forget about it and go well clearly that was just whatever it was a bird or whatever mm. and uh, or it was something more and then you think well possibly you know it needs to be questioned 
So I think it's it's good when you do talk to people like that and you kind of opens your mind a little bit. And I've learned quite a lot from talking to other people and just asking questions. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and both you and them maybe feel a yeah. little less crazy because you get to share one in the passion of this stuff. But two, yeah, maybe you do have similar experiences or, oh, you know, you experienced the hat man. I, I did, too. I was a kid. And, you know, you get to share those experiences. And even if you don't find common ground and you don't have the same, you know, agreement on whatever the subject is, even that in itself, like, we can come together as this community and be like, well, I think it's this. Well, I think it's this, you know, and still come together at the end of it, you know, mm. even if you disagree on it. Because there's yeah. there's quite a bit about this world that, that um, you know, more mainstream thought thoughts about it, um, yeah. like thoughts about evil or demons or, you know, whatever um, that I, I don't necessarily agree with. But, um, yeah, I've, I've found the troop that, I agree with, and then the other, and then I've talked to that side as well, and it's all just really fascinating. So where do you, uh, what, I mean, it's halfway through the year at the moment, and uh, summer's coming. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if our summer's coming yet. Uh, I'd, li I'd like some summer, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. But, you know, uh, but it, you know, summer's coming, and uh, I hope to go out and do some investigations. Uh, and or at least go somewhere that apparently someone said there's a ghost or something. I, I you know I want to do something like that. Yeah. Um, have you got anything planned like that? Any field trips? Okay, so nothing set in stone. Um, I would love to go on another investigation. Yeah. Um, I've done a couple, not professionally or anything, but I've done a couple, and those are a lot of fun always. Um, but the thing I've got kind of on my mind and I'm keeping my eye out for are paranormal conventions this year. Yeah. I yeah, really yeah. want to get to one. There's there's a couple of great ones in Michigan I've got my eye on. And it's just, you know, just a matter of coordinating and getting the money together and uh, and traveling. Yeah. Uh, but I think that would just be a lot of fun. So if anybody's got any recommendations, I'm, I'm looking for recommendations for great conventions to go to. That's where so I want to be. Okay, so uh, what do you think about, uh, I mean, talking about conventions and stuff, I've got some uh, some news stories, uh, and uh, one of them is uh, if you're old school and you go back to the days of uh, Ghost Hunters, when Ghost Hunters first came on the scene, you had a lot of uh, up-and-coming uh, public figures that were in the, into the paranormal. Uh, there's, a new, there's a new show coming in uh, i think scotland it's uh, it's got gail porter which is uh, she's a bit of a, a uk celeb over here well not so much now but was back in the 90s mm -hmm. which you were maybe and uh, she's she's doing a paranormal show with a um a certain psychic from uh maybe your neck of the woods not exactly your neck of the woods but yeah. from your side of the pond uh, chris fleming C chris do fleming. you remember chris fleming from the uh from the early days i do not recall ever watching him on on any show or anything i recognize the name though uh but i don't know much about him so okay so he's a he's a renowned uh a renowned psychic okay mm -hmm. and um he's been he's been in the news lately because there's this new show uh called spooked scotland where and he's his co-host is uh gail porter and it kind of has the they go around to different places and they tell the history and you know, and, and it's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I was I was looking at this news report and I, I don't want to be flippant. OK, but it's the way that they're written. You can't you can't help but look at these news reports and have a bit of a giggle. So <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so I'm not, I'm not really, honestly, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to, uh, yeah, but let's just, right. So let me just read you, let me just read you the first part. Okay. So it says telly psychic Chris Fleming, Fleming has claimed he was violated by a ghost while visiting Sterling's historic old town jail. Right. That's the first part. And then it says the renowned medium was fil- uh, was filming for a new series, Spooked Scotland, with Gail Porter, uh, when they visited the prison in search of a reported poltergeist. Right now, so Chris was in room once uh, was in a room used 170 years ago uh, for prisoners uh, and medical exams uh, when he felt what he described as an embarrassing and not pleasant experience. Your, your mind boggles, doesn't it? Your mind boggles when you hear stuff like that. Uh-huh. All right. So looking visibly shaken, he was forced to flee the room. Uh, and he said that he's in no doubt the spirit carried out uh, the violation in order to make him leave the jail. <laughs> what, 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 what's your thoughts on that? Um, I hope they caught that on, on camera. I would have loved to have seen that like that <laughs> the look uh when that happened um yeah i i i don't because he he i think about the spirit actually yeah. okay because this is an old place right yeah, it is yeah is is there a spirit there after a hundred and however many years that that that's just kind of doomed to um, spend their their eternity uh given giving those types of exams like is that yeah um okay. that would be a you've, terrible uh, <laughs> you've raised an you've you've raised uh, uh an interesting point there that uh maybe uh that the uh the experience that he had was uh the maybe it was a an angry doctor that's uh like, like now a ghost and uh he wants to continue doing his exams i mean i'm you know i'm just i'm i'm just speculating yeah. i am no i i you know, I'm just speculating because I'm not there. I wasn't there with Chris. I wasn't on the investigation or anything like that. I'm just reading, a, uh, I'm, you know, I'm reading something on the internet. And the thing is that what I love about reading these things is I think the person that sits down and goes, right, I'm going to have some fun with this, you know, <laughs> a ghost, you know, in the room, touched his bottom or whatever. Mm-hmm, We're going to mm-hmm. have some fun with this. But <laughs> my point being, there's always a serious side to what I'm saying. Yeah. And my point being is that when you read stories like this and then it's kind of a little bit of uh, a comedy value to it because you want people, they want people to read it. They want people to sort of read along. It kind of has a negative effect on people that are actually out there really doing research. Doing the the real work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if Chris Fleming were to tell you, I mean, he is doing the real work. This just happened. But as a as a psychic medium, I'm sure, you know, this isn't, you know, anything new to him. Like, yeah. I'm sure he's experienced things over the, the decades that he's been active, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, he, he notices that he says uh, earlier on his visit to Sterling Town Jail, Chris was left screaming uh, with pain after feeling the sensation of a needle being stabbed into his back. Mm. And you get that sometimes with um, people who are uh, sensitive. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is, and I'm I'm just saying this is I'm just saying that I don't I don't like the word psychic. I don't know what it is. I don't like that word. When someone yeah. says, uh, uh, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a psychic," I'm like, "Oh, don't say that word. Don't, you're not." Don't say <laughs> it's it. it's got some baggage to it. it yeah. Mm-hmm. It ha- I, when you say psychic, I think of the old lady on Portergeist. The little lady comes in. 
Yep. That's what. Yep. That's immediately what I think. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, just you know, call yourself, uh, call yourself like a ghost whisperer or something. <laughs> you know, call yourself, uh, call yourself well, mildly sensitive. Or something. I, yeah, I because know. you you automatically think of that stereotyped like yeah. gazing into the crystal ball yeah. and reading your your you know fortune telling. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's you know unfortunately that's that's been that stereotype that people have in their heads since you know like like the spiritual spiritualist movement. Yeah. But I wonder. So you don't like the word psychic? What uh, what is is there another? Aside from ghost whisper, like what about yeah. medium? Is that more serious? Uh, Can that yeah, be? I, I, yeah, it's those words. I don't know what it is. Like maybe they're very. They've got sort of very sort of as you say, spiritualist uh, Victorian connotations. Not that yeah. I've got anything against that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying uh, you, that's all bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that a minute. I'm just saying that when you say that word to someone, if I'm thinking in my head, I'm at a party, I'm having, you know, having a shandy. And a guy comes up to me and goes, hello, my name's Colin. And I go, hello, Colin. I shake his hand. He goes, I'm a psychic. I'm mm. like, no, you're not. <laughs> if he said, hi, my name's Colin. I'm uh, I'm a ghost whisperer or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a medium. I would like, really? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I would have a listen. But it's just that kind of, I'm a psychic. It's like, um, maybe it's because television and media have used those words for so much, so long. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. overuse them. And and I don't know that, like, up until recently, I really didn't know exactly what that meant. To be quite honest, I didn't know there was a difference between psychic, Mm. the word, and medium, the word. I thought they were one and the same, which they can be, but not necessarily. Like, psychic is this whole big, like, umbrella term. It can can describe any sensitivity, any Mm -hmm. extra ability, that that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, when you actually, like, research or, you know, like, look into it a little bit more, it's it's, it's less, I don't know, I guess I'm less flippant about it now. Not that I buy it completely, but uh, yeah, just a little more understanding that oh, this can mean all sorts of things. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that uh, somebody says to me, I can see ghosts or I can talk to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go. Don't be stupid. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm like, who am I? I'm. You know, if somebody's having experience in stuff, then I'm not. Who am I to say? You know, that they're not. That's not a thing. Uh, I, I actually little story when I was younger I had a friend uh, whose nan uh, would she would read tea leaves and uh, we would go around his well in the in the old days uh, grandparents used to live with parents well, no they used to live with their sons and daughters you know uh-huh. so I had a friend uh, I'd go around and he would go oh it's just my nan that my nan lives with us I thought he had like two mums and one was really old and one was really young but it was like you know it was like his nan and she used to read tea leaves and she, what she used to do would drink the tea out of the teapot, drink the tea. And then she would, uh, uh, you know, in the cup, read them. And, and she would say stuff. Oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Or, and I would like, it, it would boggle my mind. That, that would boggle my mind. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just uh, that is a thing. And uh, fascinating back then I was a little kid. I thought she had like um, proper, proper like wizard i thought she was like a wizardess or something <laughs> was know? she was she ever right um well i i don't i'm not going to say that she wasn't right because i was a little kid and uh 
I just, you know, I didn't really listen. I didn't really take much notice. But I remember one day she did say it was going to be, she was talking, not talking to me. She was talking to her daughter, the my friend's mum. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, you want to go down the, uh, you, you want to go down the shops in the morning because it's going to, it's going to bucket with rain uh, tomorrow afternoon. Because I looked in the, uh, after I had my tea, I looked in the tea leaves and that's what it said. And I, and, I, and I didn't think nothing of it. And when I was at school the next day, it literally bucketed down in the afternoon. It was like it, oh, heavens opened, literally. Wow. And I was thinking, yeah, no, I was thinking to myself, well, she can read the weather. That's amazing. Because <laughs> I was a little kid. I was only like, well, I don't know, nine, ten. I wasn't very old. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just, stuff like that. It's things like that that stick with you. And you go through your life and you experience stuff like that. And then you get older. And then your TV shows pick up on these kind of catchwords mm. and uh, psychic and, and medium and stuff. And then they lose their, I think they lose their kind of true meaning of what their, the ramifications of what they hold, you know, back yeah. in the day, if somebody was a, a, a you know, a medium or, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like a whole UFO thing. That's another, that's another conversation, but you know, it's not a UFO anymore. Now it's got a new word. So it's because it's a new buzzword. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. So, uh, Chris Fleming went to a jail and a ghost, uh, give him a little touch inappropriately and, yeah <laughs> so uh anyway so uh, we've got some more stories i want to i want to go on to another one a minute uh, all right another one i want to pick another one oh this is a good one so uh old houses what's your thought so what's your thought on old houses and ghosts do you think that um do you think that if a, a house is old right and lots of people have lived there that the chances of it being haunted are quite high or do you think that it's not necessarily the house do you think it's um the land or the area what, what's your thoughts on that a minute Ooh, um both i think it can definitely be both the land and the structure itself that is on the land um mm-hmm. i think that anything is capable of kind of soaking up that energy especially with something that's been around for so long and so many people and energies come and you know, to and fro throughout. Um, absolutely. I, I 100% think that those types of places and, and the land yep. itself, because anything could have happened there, you know, it could have been built on an old battlefield and you've got soldiers running through your, you know, kitchen eight o'clock every night. Um, so yeah, it can definitely carry, carry that as far as do I think it's more likely, I guess it just depends on, you know, what happened, what happened over the last century or however long the house has been standing um if there wasn't a lot of erratic emotional stuff going on or you know some something that would have been big enough to imprint that energy on the place not you know not necessarily it's just because it's old doesn't mean it's going to be haunted true that's uh i totally agree yeah Yeah. i totally agree i i think that if it's an old building um not necessarily going to be haunted um mm-hmm. I'm, i've got this fascinating with a uh, fascination with i always go on about it it's gonna go people are gonna go he's going on about it again castles and and manor houses i love them uh i don't know why i just like i just like the feel of them yeah uh, and, and maybe it's the history maybe it is the history but not necessarily haunted or anything but it's just the feel of them we anyway, do we do love oh, to th- i'm sorry uh, we, i was just gonna say we do love to think yeah. that an old place is going to be, you know, you go in there and you feel that there's an energy to it. There absolutely is. And you, you like to think there's something there. All right, go mm. on. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. So I wanted to read this headline, uh, man Reven- renovates house discovers hidden box with 
do not release carved into it. I mean, that's the headline. Uh, and, and it gets a bit weird now because it says uh, the man the man took uh, to TikTok. He took to TikTok. So he's he's found a box. Uh, in a, he's in an old house. He's renovating it. Uh, and it's got quite ominous. It's got uh, do not release carved into the box. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he does is he goes to TikTok. That's the first thing. He doesn't yeah. go to a priest. He goes to TikTok. So the man uh, took to TikTok showcasing this truly terrifying uh, brick um, bricked behind a wall in the attic. So it's this is a, it, like a, a room that's been sealed off, right? And it says the man who has been renovating his home and documenting his progress via TikTok made a truly terrifying uh, find behind a bricked up wall in his attic, right? Uh, it says social media user. I've got to say his name because it's only fair. Uh, and it's a great name as well. Uh, GBTV. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. It just rolls mm-hmm. off your tongue. GBTV. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. It's very fluid. Uh, very. Uh, and um, he said he was attempting to fill in the gaps in the wall uh, with insulation uh, when he realized something was hidden between the bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a small locked wooden box with a. It's even weirder now. A small locked wooden box with a pentagram etched on one side of the box, and it had the words uh, "Pidwich are rid, rid." I'm I'm not Welsh because I can't speak Welsh, but it says "Pindwich are ridar" or something. I'm I apologise to Welsh people uh, that I've just murdered that word, but um, <laughs> in English it says, uh, well, in English it just basically translates to "do not release." Um, mm-hmm. And said a week later, while uh, continuing his re- renovation in his room, the man noticed a mirror in the corner that rattled when he moved it. Uh, but the edges were tightly sealed of the mirror. So what would you do uh, if you found a mirror that did that? Would you try and fit, what would you, I, I'm not going to tell you what he did. I want to hear what you what you would do in a minute. <laughs> pick pick my own adventure. I love these. Yeah. If I was in his situation. Yeah, what would you do um, at this point? Uh, up to this point, what would you do? Okay. And I got to be careful because I actually know about this. Right. Um, I, you know what? I'm a, I am I love old mirrors. I, I don't know that I would do anything. I would leave that box where it's at. It says, do not release. There's a pentagram on it. It's nasty. Yep. It was buried behind some bricks for some reason. Yeah. Yep. And then I would shine that dang mirror up and, and put it on my wall. Yeah. Okay. That's history. Uh, well, I think you and him are on different sides of the pen because uh, <laughs> it says um, curiosity got the better of him and he took a hammer and smashed up the glass. Mm. Uh, that seems uh, like an move. overreaction. Well, quite, yeah, quite aggressive. Quite quite an angry move, that. Uh, according to the superstition, it brings seven years bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the mirror, someone had hidden the key to, a, to the locked chest he found earlier. Now, that's weird, that, isn't it? I mean, that's... so... He goes upstairs to do some renovation in his attic. It's mm-hmm. an old house. It is an old house with big wooden beams. It's like proper old. But he's doing renovations. He finds a secret room with a, a wooden chest, well, a wooden box. And in on the wooden box is a pentagram. And it's got words on it saying, do not release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he finds the mirror. And, in, and the, in the back of the mirror behind the actual mirror, is a key which opens the box. Yeah. I mean, what more of a warning do you need? (laughs) 
it's really it's a yeah it's a little um eerie and foreboding yeah. um it's a little convenient too that that was his very next choice and just happened to find the key it is a it is a bit uh it, yeah it is but do you know what on the upside some 25 million people have watched the video yeah. that he made mm -hmm. 25 million i can't even, i can't imagine that number uh 25 million people have watched the video and according to their mo the most recent uh clip uh while hundreds of people have been warning him uh to leave the box alone uh others just uh um like him were dying to see what was inside of it so he, at this point he's not actually opened the box uh he said that when he did open the box some really strange object objects were inside including a small pendant necklace a burned piece of a ouija board hmm it's getting interesting mm -hmm. uh, a lock of hair and uh and there was a second key left inside the box uh, raising the question as to see this, what the second key is, is there another box? Okay. So this, this gets kind of deep now because thousands of people now are commenting on, on all of his clips mm -hmm. and, uh, they're calling it staged. It's getting to the point now where, uh, it's the, the fun it's, it's, it's got to that point now where it's flipped and people are getting angry. They, you know, they're, they're there's that anger. You notice that, don't you, with some videos when people put stuff up and it's, it's curious and everybody's into it. And, and then yeah. all of a sudden people are like, no, it's a hoax. Clearly, that's not real. You're just you're just dringing us along. You're just you know. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's that two convenient factors. Yeah. People start to sense like, oh, really? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I I would I would have been there too at that point. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, there isn't much more to this story apart from, uh, <clears throat> and well, this one person said, uh, uh, breaking the mirror gives you seven years bad luck. And at least at that point, not good. Um, and another person joked that uh, now that you would uh, be good time to burn the whole house down. So that's kind of nice, isn't it? Somebody actually telling you, well, you know, what? just go burn your house down. Just, yeah. You know, just burn it. Just just burn it all down. You know, that's kind of a, a bit. Uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. I want to know what it's got me now. It's got me hooked. I'm going to go to the guy's TikTok. I'm actually going to have to download the app. And I'm, I'm and surprised you haven't seen that that particular video that this article is referencing. I, I'm I haven't. Surprised. No, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've sent me all kinds of great yes, things. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually, uh, usually. Have you seen this film, Kristen? And it's. Uh, uh, yeah. When was it made? Oh, 1972 <laughs> uh, in England. No, I've never seen that film. <laughs> strangely enough. <laughs> so odd i've never that's never come across my desk before yeah but yeah i, I yeah, love I've... uh as anyone uh as anyone listening uh knows i do love my uh my decade of the uh the 70s and 80s i mean i, I was very fortunate anyone listening that hasn't listened to it please go listen to the latest podcast uh scarred for life because dave and steve great guys they've done two mega books all about kids tv in the 70s and 80s growing up the occult uh science fiction paranormal it's all there it's amazing it's it's a complete trip uh so yeah that's great um but i've got a um i've got another story and this story is a little bit uh a little bit more different because this chap here who's in this article he is um how can i put it he had a uh the, the headline right is uh where is it let me have a look here we go so this headline uh, check this out. Uh, I've got to say hello to Steve. Hello, Steve. How are you? Right, thanks for coming and visiting the uh, visiting the stream. Um, anyway, so uh, man saw ghost 
in red coat after waking up from a 10 day coma. Hmm. Right, that's all right. So that's pretty cool. Uh, okay. So he saw a ghost in a red coat after waking up in a, in a 10 day coma. There's a reason that he was in a coma. He didn't just sleep a lot. There's a reason for it. So his name is Andrew Elkir Reeve. Okay. And he was admitted to hospital for what was meant to be a simple fix. That's kind of, that even that sounds quite ominous. A simple fix. That mm-hmm. sounds a bit like, you know. You, you preface a story like that. I know mm, it's, it's not going to be fix. so simple. Yeah. Well, the, well, the operation, it wasn't, you know, as you might think it might be. Uh, it's uh, an operation to aid the flow of blood to his legs. That's mm. what it was. So apparently if you need the operation in the hospital, uh, they call it a simple fix. Uh, right. Mm. So, uh, so he moment momentarily died, uh, th- apparently. And he claims he woke up from a coma and was met by a ghost woman wearing a red coat. Um, he was admitted to hospital for what was meant to be a, there's that, there's that simple fix again, uh, to aid the blood flow to his leg. We just read that bit. Why are they putting that back in again? <laughs> 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 what paper is this? Yeah. What sham of a, of a reporter? Oh, this is the All internet. Right. This is the internet. The internet <laughs> really good source. No, no, go ahead. Keep uh, going. So the 63-year-old underwent surgery at York Hospital uh, in 2020. So not that long ago. Uh, but complications led to him receiving uh, four emergency operations in four days, leaving him Oof. in a 10-day coma. That's quite, mm. that's quite serious. That's pretty I mean, serious, yeah. One operation a day. And you're left in a coma. That's not good. Uh, when he eventually woke up, horrified Andrew realized that he had lost his sight. Wow. Uh, he said, I came out of the coma. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, all right. So I'm going to read it because it's medical. All right. It's medical. He said, I came out of the coma uh, with no colon, uh, no functioning spleen uh, and no sight. It, it wasn't really easy. It wasn't easy at all. It took a while to come to terms with. Yeah, I could think so. I would yeah. imagine so, yeah. Right, so that's that's quite uh, serious. Uh, and then he got admitted. Uh, he got to admit that it uh, came as a shock. He was, obviously, that's going to come as a shock. You're going to wake up out of a coma and they tell you all that. Uh, so let's have a look. Uh, before the operation, he had trouble walking. And that's why he needed the, needed mm-hmm. the operation. Uh, he used to be a marathon runner, so obviously quite an active gentleman. Uh, and after his coma, I want to see about this lady with the red coat. Yeah, where's uh, more more on that? Yeah, I'm 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 drastically looking. Uh, oh, there we go. He began to tell people what happened. Uh, so he said, um, "Hmm, where's the lady with? There's no lady with red coat anymore. She's gone. It's all <laughs> she, about him and his she family. She really, she really was a ghost. She's just gone. I, yeah." <laughs> I, w- I was getting into that. It, 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 oh, hang on a minute. He said, uh, oh, no, it's okay. So it's all gone about being positive and stuff. And all well, right. So that story good. was a washout. That something was like, something came out of, you know, good came out of it. If he's being positive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, not, I wonder, he, he must have seen her. So he says he saw her like there at the beginning of the article. Yeah. Saw her when he was out of the 10 day coma. Yeah. But he's blind. How? What? Um, how? Well, actually, uh, saying that, um, if you think about it, people who have been in hospital, uh, this is one of the, th- actually, this is quite good reading that because this has re- uh, made me realize that one of the things that fascinate me is people go to hospital mm-hmm. and when they're in hospital and they having a 
traumatic operation or they've had an accident and they're recovering or for, for whatever reason uh they have uh they have visits from people yeah. and those people that visit them uh they could you know dead relatives stuff like that and people see uh people in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, near where the other people are and they say well that was auntie doris but auntie doris died 20 years ago yeah uh, and they only get fleeting gl- you know fleeting glimpses of them and uh I, I i have to say that um if anybody listens to i'm gonna do a bit of a shameless plug in now uh, uh not for the power talk but uh for another podcast called haunted um and uh it's i think danny, danny robbins i think you know it's danny yeah uh, it chap he does it it's a really really good podcast but he told the story well he didn't tell the story he narrate he interviewed the nurses that worked in the hospital where they cared for a gentleman who was dying basically Mm -hmm. and after the guy had passed away the room that he was in they had all this crazy stuff going on the machines were going on uh the alarms were going going off at night uh they had stuff going on just for quite a number of days after this guy had had passed away so i i find it fascinating with hospitals um i don't know why but um when you go into a hospital at night and uh I mean, I've I have had that experience. Not going to go into it. That's all right. I'm not going to start. He's going. He's going to want those stories again. But I'm not. <laughs> but when you go into a hospital at night and you're walking around and you know that there's like a skeleton crew on doing their thing, so it's it, you know it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's certainly a, a creep factor to it. Um, I've been told on multiple occasions that the most haunted location one could go, uh, you know, paranormal investigating are hospitals. That's that's mm. where the activity is at. And mm. I completely understand why there's a lot of emotion. You know, it's it's a building specifically built for these hard, a lot of hard moments, yeah. a lot of uh, quick uh, endings to life, uh, new yeah. beginnings oh, yeah. to life, um, just death and, and a lot of emotion. Um, so I get why it would be so, you know, have soaked up that energy so much. Uh, but back to what you were saying, it made me think um, when people are reporting, seeing things especially in in the hospital like dead relatives and all of that yep. like that's that is a phenomenon that's highly reported with uh mm-hmm. n- people who are near you know end of life um hospice nurses will will talk about that it's a, it's something that they include in the pamphlets that they give the um families now because it's so it's a well-known thing it happens quite frequently and then yeah just of course just that hospitals themselves are incredibly haunted so yeah i i understand why people report seeing these things when they're there I, i've yeah. been in hospital i didn't see anything but just curious it's the it's more of a feeling isn't it when you're in a hospital but, yeah. but go, going on from uh, hospitals uh, i've got another uh what do you think about uh dolls and stuff being having having like <laughs> vessels like being uh you know you get you, you go to ebay and you look on ebay for a, a haunted doll and you see a doll doll is maybe is the name's annie and it's a little doll and it's got a it's got a ghost in it and it's on for sale for 9.99 uh and you can basically adopt a ghost what what do you think of that oh boy um (laughs) it's not a popular opinion i i don't necessarily think that any object can be like a, a vessel um for for a spirit to 
possess. Um, I do think about it kind of similar to how I think about locations is that anything, anything has the ability to kind of take on that energy, get charged with that sort of energy. Are you adopting a ghost? You know, the, the little ghost named Annie that lives inside that doll? No, I, I, that's not happening. And in my opinion, that's not happening. Could there be some energy attached to it? You know, maybe maybe back in the day, this was the favorite, you know, beloved doll of, of yeah. a little girl who died and, uh, and she loves to hang around it in the afterlife. Sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, I do think, uh, I spoke to, uh, Kevin relayed a story to me, uh, from, uh, we need to talk about ghosts podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he told me a story that, uh, many years ago he had, um, he was able to hold things and, have feelings and thoughts of yeah of uh of of you know events in in his mind in his mind's eye it was a fascinating he recounted a fascinating tale um but uh yeah i mean i when i get i'm hopefully getting him back on a stream and i'll get him to recount the story but it's a it's a fascinating tale that he tells hmm. um but one of the reasons i w was saying about you know annie the doll who's got a ghost in it and it's on ebay for 9.99 uh with free delivery and uh yeah <laughs> paypal okay it's <laughs> a good it's a good deal yeah terrifying haunted doll we, weeps tears of acid and tries to set itself on fire that's that's the headline it weeps tears of acid and it mm -hmm. tries to set itself on fire do you th why would it want to set itself on fire does it hate itself so much but anyway this guy in england um he goes by the name of matt paranormal uh i, I don't i don't know uh I don't know if it's his real name or it's a made-up name, but that'd be pretty cool if it's like paranormal, <laughs> wouldn't it? It's on his birth certificate, Reeves. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Paranormal uh, brought the haunted doll. Oh, and the haunted. Uh, strangely enough, the haunted doll's name's Annie. Uh, in an auction. Oh, it's it's getting weirder, isn't it? Because I was just mm. talking about all this. I didn't honestly. I didn't look at the page. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I anyway. So I'm getting all confused now. So. Uh, Annie uh, brought an auction after reading up on the, uh, the history and the death of the previous owner who tragically died in a fire. So mm -hmm. if you had a doll, right, and some, I'm not saying anything happened to you, but something did happen to you. Maybe you had an accident or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you said, oh, I had the doll and I went out and now it broke my leg. And do you want the doll? I would like, no, you can you, you can look after. I don't want it. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want it because, you know, I'm not so superstitious, but, you know, I don't want a broken leg. Uh, so. <laughs> terrifyingly haunted doll which weeps tears of acid and tries to set itself on fire has been rescued uh, by a ghost hunter after a house fire mm -hmm. uh, the doll named annie uh, and similar to those featured in the classic horror films what oh i suppose yeah the, yeah okay uh, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of the modern horror films i'm not really uh oh not, like like the conjuring like that yeah, like well, annabelle yeah that's it like annabelle mm -hmm. doll. Yeah, okay that, okay yeah i don't i don't know i just don't know i don't know um although i did watch a bit of the conjuring i did because they kind of they kind of uh based that off of you know 70s sort of style it was pretty well put together but when it started to get like uh uh all kind of crazy and that i'm like no i can watch no more of this it's yeah yeah it, it got to a certain point it's a series of of movies now yeah. and it got to a certain point where i was like okay you know it was good when it started yeah. out i remember uh being terrified you know that was back yeah. back when it first came out but um yeah it just kept going and sometimes those series they, they're trying to milk it for all they're worth but um the, the first ones were good so uh matt matt paranormal 33 from wales 
He uh, says, after purchasing Annie two years ago, Matt experienced a whole host of strange occurrences, including the doll trying to uh, set itself on fire. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. He exp- the doll try- um, A doll that sets itself on fire tried to set itself on fire. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> so he claims its previous owner appeared uh, next to her images and witnessed the doll crying acid tears. That's that's a whole story in it. That one sentence. Huh. He claims it. The previous owner appeared next to her image and witnessed the doll crying tears. Mm-hmm. The supernatural fan spotted Annie uh, at an auction in in the U.S. from your neck of the woods, uh, and uh, was keen to buy her. Uh, said, but the doll did not cost a huge amount of money, uh, and Matt fitted her with. Mo- oh, he's got a monitor. He's got so he's got. Oh, he's got like monitoring equipment in her. So she lights up and flashes lights. So it's like a mm-hmm. an EMF detector and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. He's so, a oh, he's a he's a paranormal investigator. It says um it says she cost a hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh after I imported her to the UK. So what does he write on the uh on the import documents? Uh when he please describe what it is you're importing. Uh well it's a doll, but it's it's haunted, it's got a ghost in it. <laughs> How do you, how do you, what do you write? Because you've got to be honest. Uh, my new daughter. Maybe he thinks he's adopting her. Yeah. I had a paranormal, I had paranormal equipment installed into her. Uh, and I thought the previous owner's spirit might be attached. Uh, so, okay, so, he, so, he, so he, he likes that backstory. He, yeah. That, that sold him. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on. He says the doll's weeping following the death of the owner and denial. So it, it's kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of like a bit of a like a horror film. A little bit, thing. yeah. The setup yeah, here, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a horror film. So, I mean, have you ever? Have you? I'm going to ask now. Have you ever had any guests or anything on that have had haunted things mm-hmm. or been given haunted things? Yes, I just recently had Steve Hummel on the show a couple of weeks back. Right. Um, he's a he's an investigator with uh, Paranormal Quest, which is um, a, a pretty well known team. They've been at it for about right. a decade, and he specifically he runs, owns, and runs a museum out of West Virginia that is for haunted objects. And he's got rooms upon rooms of this stuff. And it's just stuff he's collected, you know, over the years. And, and a lot of stuff uh, people have gone out of their way to give him, like, please, you know, take, take this out of my possession, just, just home it somewhere. And, and that's what he does. And uh, he's a, he's an ordained minister as well. So I think that that plays into um, like, you know, feeling comfortable around this yeah. stuff, no matter what might be attached to the object. Um, I did ask him, like, do you do you bind? Do you you know do some kind of like like a like a binding like uh, they did with Annabelle? And and he doesn't really do any of that. He he relies more on a on a, a, a like his prayers and and that kind of thing for protection from it. But yeah, he's been doing that for round about the time he started uh, with Paranormal Quest as well. So good good decade. Hmm. Um, and it's very convincing, you know, when I talk to somebody like that, it's so, uh, it, it's, it's interesting to hear somebody who's literally an expert on that subject. Yeah. Um, something that I don't know too terribly much about, but, um, yeah, that's always just fascinating to dive so deeply into that world. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit conflicted with, it's it's like anything as soon as something becomes popular everyone mm-hmm. tries to make 
you know, they all try to make a little bit of money from it. And, you know, that's sure. just the way the world is. And, yeah. You know, if you can, if you're, op- if you're, if you're doing a, offering a service and it's a good service and you're helping people and people want to give you some money, that's fine. I mean, this is kind of, this is kind of stigma uh, with people who are investigators, paranormal, they, where if they charge a fee for something, it's like, you shouldn't be charging. Mm, if you got it, mm-hmm. if you, if you, you should be doing it for free. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't go to work for free. So it's, it is work. You are right. having to learn a trade to I say a trade, but you have to learn a certain skill set to do the job you're yeah, doing. Yeah. It's, and it's I, your I, time too. You know, your time is valuable. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, when you investigate paranormal places, I think a lot of the skill that you need is people skill. You need to be able to manage people because the people that are experiencing whatever they're experiencing, you you need to be able to sort of talk to them and kind of figure out what's going on with them. Because most of the time, not all of the time, but some of the time, let's just say some of the time, the problem isn't with their environment. It, the problem is with them. They're mm. the ones that have got, got the issue. And they are maybe scaring themselves a little bit too much to be oh, believing that okay. something's going on. Okay. So, so, so they're you, actually, it's kind of yeah. going on in their head. That's not that they're stirring up activity. It's just the well, way that they're receiving. Yeah. I mean, put it this way. I've gone to places and I've gone into a place and I, somebody said, you don't want to go there. There's a ghost that'll put you down the stairs. You don't want your old Bill. He's mad. He'll push you down. Ghost mad. Yeah. And you, you go there and that's in your head. You've been mm-hmm. told that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So every set of stairs, I'm not going. I'm not going up the stairs. You go upstairs. I'm not going because I'll get put. And you believe that's going to happen. So I think that when when people front load you with stuff like that, mm-hmm. and enough people tell you, uh, you're going to kind of start to believe, possibly that it's something more than what it is. And that's not saying I'm not saying that people don't experience stuff because they do, uh, but there's sometimes when people experience stuff it might not be what they think it is yeah 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 kind of build themselves up a little bit too i i i'm i'm with you on that about the like the front loading i think that can have a major like you know psychological impact on how you actually experience yeah whatever it is you know the the ghost that pushed you downstairs or a haunted doll yeah or a a haunted doll that bleeds bleeds acid and (laughs) sets itself on fire uh, but no, I, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I, I'm flipping about things, but uh, I I do I, I am serious when it comes to be needed to be serious. But uh, it's all about you, you have a you, you have a story. Somebody gives you a story and they tell you something, and it's like uh, don't don't tell me what what about anything about this building. Don't tell me anything mm-hmm. at all. If I'm going to go mm-hmm. in there and I experience something, I want to come out of there and write it down and then say is this what it is and if they go yeah that's it then yeah. okay yeah. then i most probably experienced something i don't i don't now have to understand what it is i might have experienced uh because i do think the paranormal plays a, a quite a big part in here than mm-hmm. outside so i think that uh you know as i've said many times before that i think that we might be uh us people might be the catalyst to things going on uh around us so you know there's many times when people have experienced stuff and they said oh do you see that and they're like yeah i saw it and there's people say they they say they saw the same thing or they saw something that was slightly different Mm -hmm. so paranormal it's weird you know Hmm. 
But what, um, what do you what do you mean by us being the the cause of oh, it? Okay, so right. So if think of us as little little batteries, we're a little we're little Duracell batteries walking around. So we've got mm -hmm. we give off energy, uh, and we we give off that energy charge, right? Uh, so if you go into a place, say you go into a, a, an old building, a lot of the older buildings in the old days, were, we've got a lot of quartz in them, a lot of limestone. And a lot of these buildings, a lot of these stone, will they will hold a charge. Um, and mm -hmm. if there's enough stone and it's big enough, it, this is where the stone tape theory comes from. Uh, f, you know, past events being played back under certain uh, you know, uh, weather conditions, certain electrical. We need, when a storm comes, it, it charges the atmosphere. And in those times, they say, uh, that the, the chances of seeing something paranormal or experiencing something paranormal is quite high. Okay. Energy, you know, okay. because energy is charging the atmosphere around it. You know, it's just a theory. But anyway, so if we go into a place and uh, and and we experience something, is are we the catalyst? Are we the trigger? So we hmm. go into an old place where something happened a long time ago, or if you think about it, right? Let me just let me just give you a story. There's a lot of castles over here, right? There's a lot of castles mm -hmm. and. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I live in a castle. Well, I don't live in a castle, but if I did that then and I was, you know, noble, nobility, I would live in a castle or, you know, something like that or a fortified mm. place. Mm -hmm. Well, those people would have, um, they'd have like, uh, people that didn't like them. So, and then those people would try and kill them or they'd try and take over their castle. So if you captured those people, you'd have what was called uh, an oubliette, which is basically a hole, uh, in the castle, which went, a shaft that went all the way down to like a dungeon area with spikes and stuff at the bottom of it. Now, if I didn't like someone and I captured them, I'd just throw them down the oubliette, you know, throw them down there and forget about them. Mm -hmm. And I would carry on my day and they would just die. You know, they just starve or they would, if they, the four didn't kill them, they would just starve and die. Now, if you think about it, if someone's in a place like that with other bodies, people dying or whatever, um, surely in some way, that that might charge the atmosphere, the building, the stone. Sure, sure. You know, so if someone else walks in there and it's the, they're the right kind of, they got the kind of right vibe, uh, they could experience something. So when they experience something paranormal, maybe they're experiencing something because they are the ones that's setting off that playback, that, you know, whatever oh, it might okay. be. Are you, are you, so you're talking about like matching f frequencies kind yeah, of well, thing? Yeah, well... See, I, I don't like to um, uh, I don't like to get too specific about things because uh, it's very hard to say. Well, scientifically speaking, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, know, and and I don't like to deal in absolutes because when it comes to the paranormal, you you can't deal in absolutes. You have mm -hmm. to. All you can do is give an opinion and and put ideas on the table. And you know, as so you you can put silly ideas on the table, and you can put ideas that are a little bit more logical on the table. I believe that we, as a species, are all in some way connected with, you know, the atmosphere, with the mm -hmm. environment that we live in, and that some people we go out there, we experience stuff, and we have an experience, and we think, oh, well, that was crazy, and other people might not have that experience because they're not wired the same way. They don't have any interest. You know, it's like, for example, mm -hmm. for example, you can go into a place that has activity and you can all be like, we're not going to see anything. Nothing's going to happen here and nothing will happen. You could be with a group of people that are all jolly and happy and excited for the moment and mm -hmm. to, and stuff happens. Yeah. 
what's actually happening there? Are they are they kind of tricking themselves to make things happen, or because they're all jolly and happy, are they charging the atmosphere so that something can happen? And those negative people, you know, uh, you know, uh, they 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 don't have nothing happen because they're not putting the right kind of vibe into the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a, that I is a know. big a big theory, and I, I I think I buy it that extreme you know emotions, even whether yeah. it is like super jolly and happy or very very angry or sad or whatever that can draw some kind of energy almost and some people would like to say well yeah it's feeding off of that i i don't necessarily yeah. know that but yeah it can i i think that it can stir up things and attract a like attracts like sort of thing mm. yeah yeah i just uh, you know um i just I, I like to think about all these weird things and come up with <laughs> these kind of like well maybe it's this or maybe it's that yeah, um, yeah. i mean at the moment uh the paranormal is taking a little bit of a a back seat with ghosts and that it's taken a little bit of back seat because of all the ufo stuff that's going on um, oh yeah front yeah. and center oh my goodness yeah. with uh with all that that's going on at the moment and everybody that's arguing all over the internet about it's this or it's that mm -hmm. you know you kind of you kind of think well hang on a minute let's just look at uh ufos let's look at ghosts let's look at all of that and think maybe maybe it is all connected maybe it's all part of part and parcel with the same thing Maybe that uh, all these different things that you know we are experiencing uh, is all in some way connected. Maybe it, maybe I don't know. You know, yeah, it's fun to think about. You know that that idea too that everything is connected, and I'm I think I'm warming up more so to that idea. Um, I never really cared too much about uh -huh. you know the ufo phenomenon or alien phenomenon that much i just assumed yeah that's something separate and 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 it's going on like i feel i feel that like it's going on like it's it's weird to think that we're it here that that we're the only ones you know yeah. um so it doesn't surprise me that you know there's something going on you know they're real but this thought um, I've heard a lot of people talk about this theory that everything is connected. You know, maybe it's maybe it's them causing all of the activity and phenomenon that we see here in our reality, that kind of thing. But I do I, I'm much keener on the idea that it is all connected nowadays. So uh, do you think that um, do you think Bud Bigfoot is uh, is is a ghost? Do you think he's paranormal? I think Bigfoot is an animal, a very elusive animal that has not been properly documented yet. Just like there are still many, many, many animals at the very bottom of the sea, you know, Mariana Trench, that have not been discovered yet. So uh, I did a, uh, a live stream with my friends uh, uh, on Nocturnal Frequency, and we had the conversation about uh, Bigfoot, and I came up with this idea that maybe bigfoot lives in a like a village and uh mm -hmm. he's got like a a community of like bigfoot people mm -hmm. and uh maybe that there's like a hierarchy so you've got like um family bigfoot you've got the other bigfoots like the council bigfoot the king bigfoot and that kind of thing you know i, I mean it, it sounds funny and mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and it's like I could make easily make it start making jokes about it but if you think about it when you when you these i'm not going to say they're creatures these uh well they're kind of you know they i don't know what i don't do you, they're they're just 
I'm not going to call them apes because they're not. They're they're Bigfoots, and yeah. uh, they're kind of they're not. They don't seem to be stupid, you know. They don't seem to be like uh, you get people uh, hunters that are in the forest, and suddenly these creatures will appear and be watching them, <laughs> and then they'll uh, they'll just disappear. They'll just be like they walk away and they're gone. And you, they're, these things are massive. They're like seven foot tall. They're huge. Yeah, think, yeah. How how do they just disappear like that? Yeah. yeah. How do they? And and I think to myself, if they're clever enough to do that, and, okay, fair enough. You're living in the forest, and you, if you're a deer or a rabbit, uh, say I was a rabbit living in a forest, I'm going to be really, really quiet because I I'm someone's dinner. If mm-hmm. I'm a deer, then I might be a, you know, I might be a wildcat's uh, dinner. Uh, but if I'm a bigfoot, I'm not scared of anyone because I am. I'm a Bigfoot. No one's going to mess with me. You know, I could most probably knock out a knock out a big animal or a bear. You know, so it's kind of like you think to yourself, if they're that clever mm-hmm. that they can just kind of creep around and stuff, yeah. then surely if you go on the pretext that the way that we, you know, we evolved. Now, some people say that there's a point of our evolution. What was it, 40,000 years ago or something, that we suddenly had this blip in our evolution and we started to create great big things and we were become very, you know, beyond buildings and had, you know, all that stuff, uh, that there was outside influence, you know, that, that kind of pushed us on our way. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, we kind of evolved. And if you think about Bigfoot, he must be evolving in some way. And if you had like, I mean, I'm a, I joke a little bit and I say like, you know, a Bigfoot, you know, there's a Bigfoot community, like a, a council estate full of Bigfoots, something like that. And there's like a shops and stuff like, you know, <laughs> like a, you know, not like we would have shops, but Bigfoot would have shops. Then maybe they, I don't know, maybe they barter or something. Maybe they just steal each other's food. I don't know, but they must have some sort of community. Don't you think there must be something out there? Uh, I don't I've never thought about a, 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 like a, like a Bigfoot society is, is what you're yeah. talking about. I've never really thought about it that way. You just often think of these, any story that you hear about it, anything related to you about it, you you think of these creatures or, you know, whatever, animals as very solitary beings, like they're mm. just um, on their own. And and I've never really thought about them packing up, you know, going in, in packs or groups like that to be able to live like that. But that would be the survival of any species, though, too, especially one that's as elusive or small so i think steve has brought up let me bring this up says uh, my theories on bigfoot would be one of paranormal theories since bigfoot witnesses have described uh fiery red eyes yes uh, yeah so there we go paranormal huh. okay. uh, this is okay. what i'm saying about the ghost thing uh where we could basically uh have a connection with something paranormal uh people see a bigfoot they said always oh, you know eyes like fire uh, and we're going, we're going into the territory of, um, yeah, shot with rifles at close range and nothing seems to happen. They just, it just seems to go through them. So there's mm-hmm. this kind of paranormal thing. But then again, we also have, oh, we get, we get into dark territory now. We're going into the realms of the Mothman, the Owlman of Mowen, uh, Indra Cold. Uh, you've got all this weirdness, all this craziness, all this kind of crypto uh, weird stuff. And I think that, the Bigfoot is kind of connected with that in some way, that, that kind of genre, that crypto genre of stuff that 
Bigfoot is there. He's kind of okay. You yeah. put him at the same level as like, yeah, like yeah. you know, Mothman and Honey yeah. Island, Sasquatch, that kind of stuff. Like all the yeah, all yeah. the different ones. Okay, okay. I do think I do think that there's a that there's a chance that not all. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. So Bigfoot could be. I mean, you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bigfoot graveyard. Where where do they where do they because if they're yeah. or if they're flesh and blood, right? Then Bigfoot's got a graveyard. And it might not be like it might not be like a Bigfoot church and a Bigfoot graveyard with a Bigfoot vicar, no, mm-hmm. none of that. But it, they're going to have something, aren't they? Because even early man used to bury uh, their dead. They used to put them in the ground and put a little mound on them and some rocks and stuff. Uh, so they didn't just leave them to rot away. Well, maybe they did in the early days, but then they had, you know, they had their, you know, certain religions and certain beliefs. So, yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe. Uh, you know, elephants go somewhere. They go to their elephant place to to die. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, uh, you know, a couple of things about that. Uh, they are one is look at the area, the areas that they're often seen in as these dense, unpopulated, yeah. wooded True. areas. A lot True. in the Pacific Northwest, which is a rainforest. <laughs> Something dies out in those woods, yeah, and they decompose very quick. That process is very quick. So. You know, if a Bigfoot's out and about and they drop dead um, out in the middle of nowhere, there's not a lot of human foot traffic going around. They could literally just disintegrate and disappear within, you know, a week or two. But there's my thought was like, well, think about how elusive they are. Think about how quickly they disappear. Um, And then there is this intelligence factor to it as well maybe tying into what you're saying, if there is some kind of maybe a, a village, you know, society or whatever, maybe they're going somewhere that we just don't have access to. Oh, you know what there. I mean? Yeah. There's a, there's a film there. <laughs> there's uh, a film. There is. We... Like yeah. A, the mystery, yeah. Uh, the mystery of the Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot village. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really, that really makes me think. I, I really like thinking about that because I think mm-hmm. there's been so much, um, I watch a lot of uh, the the channel Small Small Town Monsters, I think it is, and mm-hmm. they do these uh, really good documentaries. And the guys go out into the uh, and you're completely. I mean, you've got some uh, uh, wood wood wooded areas and national parks which are absolutely ginormous, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and some of those places are not accessible at all. I mean, you I don't know what's out there. I mean, these guys go into some quite you know, overgrown places, but they're out there on their own. And it's like me, I'm no wonder they take guns with them and, and shotguns and stuff. Cause you've got all sorts out there, bears and, and, you know, that's just, just mental. But, um, what I was going to say was, um, on the, on the, uh, on the side of, uh, Bigfoots and, uh, and forests and stuff, what's your take on, uh, on the vanishing people? Uh, people go into a forest or go somewhere oh. and they disappear and they're never seen again. Oh, that's a, it's a little creepy. I haven't really thought too much about it. I know it's, it's a big discussion too, yeah. uh, because what is it like, like hundreds of people just disappear in, in the national forest well, every year, like, and, and nobody yeah. has an answer for it and they won't, the, the park service won't they, hand no. over the records or something yeah. like that. They don't, I know. Well, they, don't they it said they say they don't keep records but right. we know they do keep records and they are very reluctant to hand over those records as to what research is done and they also discourage people from doing active research so what what's all that about yeah it sounds a little 
fishy to me. You know, yeah. what do you what do you hide? Why why can't we just do active research on it? Why can't we see the names? We know you have them. Why can't we see them? Like, what are you hiding? That's now, what I think. Going back to what you said earlier, when if someone has a fall and they fall down a cliff and uh, they are, uh, you know, they die and then the animals come along and they have a little bit of dinner and be before long, they're gone. They're, you know, they're, they're just bones and their bones get bleached and they fall in the rocks and they get washed away by water. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, the chances are that they're never going to be found. But the thing is that a lot of these cases where people disappear, uh, those areas are searched by hundreds of skilled searchers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the whole area. And then it might be a few days later that that person's body will just turn up. And it's almost as if that body has been brought there from somewhere else. There's no tracks around to show that that person's been dragged or there was um, there was a violent fight. And also that some people, when they're found, they're found with parts of their clothing in mm -hmm. the wrong way around. They might yeah. find them with socks inside out or a shirt around the wrong way. Or they might find them with parts of their clothing up in a tree. I mean, there was a there was a there was an, a case of a hunter who was really experienced. He knew what he was doing. He went out hunting, and nobody heard from him. And they basically, uh, when they put the search out, they nobody found him. They couldn't find him. They found his um, his, his you know his uh, buggy, his four by four thing. Uh, they found that. They found his rifle, and they found some ammunition. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the rifle had ever been fired. I'm not sure. But they eventually did find his body, and it was halfway up a tree, partly, partly, you know, partly naked. But it Ooh. wasn't, it, but it wasn't, um, he wasn't gored or anything like that. He wasn't tried to be eaten or anything. He was just, yeah. his body was up a tree. There's another case where hunters were in a forest, and they were all in a line, okay, and they would, some sort of tactic they do where they're in a line, and somebody the other side, calls makes a noise and the animals run into their trap and then they shoot them i don't understand how it works but one of the guys who was on the end of the you know the line of uh, guys with rifles he was one minute he was there the next minute he was gone never seen again vanished whoa, whoa. so weird and there's other cases where walkers have been out in groups and yeah. they've been walking the uh, track you know deep in the, deep in the uh, national parks they're walking the track and one person will walk around the corner and then the other people will get there and that person's gone and they don't know where they are. They look either side, there's a search and they don't find them again. There's cases where these people have never been found again. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I have heard a few. I don't know. I, I've heard a few of those types of, of stories and, and it's not necessarily always ends in like either not finding them at all or finding a dead body somewhere yeah. where it shouldn't be or position where it happens where uh children will sometimes go missing oh yeah oh yeah you know on on outings or whatever and then they are found yep. alive and well six miles away from where they disappeared you know yep. one one specifically was like a, a three-year-old little boy found out in the middle of a marsh sitting on a stump and you're right it's it's almost like when these bodies or the people are recovered or they are finally found, it's, it's as if, you know, there's no tracks, there's no, nothing going on around them. It's just as if they either appeared, apported to that location, or they were just dropped there. So, I mean, you obviously have, have a lot of thoughts about this. What do you think do. is going on? Are they being abducted? What's going on? Um, well, uh, I will tell, uh, one case of a young boy who was, um, he, 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 basically he went missing and they didn't find him but i think it was three days or four days they mm -hmm. they searched everywhere they couldn't find him 
And when they eventually did find him, sat by a tree with it with his coat on, he was he wasn't in distress. He looked like he was fed. He looked like he'd been he had a nice sleep and he he had food. He wasn't screaming or he wasn't mucky or anything like that. Uh, and when they uh, got him back and they eventually, you know, they had to talk to him and find out what was going on. He told the story that um, that a large uh, a large hairy man had come uh, and asked and said, "You want to come to where I live?" Uh, and that he took them there and uh, that there were other other things there like mm-hmm. uh, what he in his child mind that they were there and he played toys with them and he had a conversation with them and uh, and then they said oh it's time for you to go back and like that was like three days later and uh, they, they fed him they gave him food they gave him like fruit and stuff like that who what was going on there what what was he did he did he make all that up i mean this is a little kid i mean yeah uh, did he i mean you got to think all right I was a kid once and I used to make stories up because I thought, well, if I make a story up, you know, but you always, when you're a kid and you make a story up, you always make that story a bit too grand and you always catch yourself out. Yeah. 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 Where you kind of lose the sense of of logic or reality. Yeah. I got lost once. Right. I got lost on the beach. Right. And, uh, uh, I, I just, it was quite a busy, it was back in the seventies. We were, we were down the beach. I lived in the city. So I went a bit mental I went down the beach and I was running around with my brother. I turned around, my brother wasn't there and I was all on my own and mm-hmm. I couldn't see my mum. I couldn't see my dad. And I, I literally lost my mind. I was, I, I was screaming my head off, running around, waving yeah. my arms. Now imagine a little kid in the forest with on his own. And there's this, you know, these big beastie things and, uh, you know, is is he just going to go? Yeah, all right. I'll go, oh, I'm a, I'm up for that. So I'm going to have some, uh, you know, let's go have some grapes or something. So what's happening there? You know, what what's he experiencing? Uh, I I think I mean my feeling just listening to to you telling me that story. I haven't seen it before. Is that something obviously happened? Somebody yeah came along and saw this child out out in the middle of nowhere by themselves and thought, all right, I'll take care of them for a couple of yeah. days and try to get them back with their people or whatever. It's the interesting part is he describes the thing, the person as, yeah, yeah. as a big hairy man. Like a hairy what man, what, yeah, what yeah. does that mean? Is, is that the, uh, the, the exaggeration of a child's mind? Was it, was it a Bigfoot? What's, <laughs> what's well, going on? Well, you, 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 you raise something there I can add to. If you think of the paranormal uh, in the sense that, we as we go back to what i was saying earlier about the way that we understand and the way that we experience it um if you think of it this way if you have something in your life that happens and it's so traumatic Mm -hmm. that your mind cannot handle it Mm -hmm. your your subconscious usually jumps in and goes it's all right i got it i can handle this i'll uh, i'll make some up for you don't worry yeah so when you think about people that have gone through uh really traumatic traumatic events Mm-hmm. uh you're gonna you're gonna think uh they have these kind of subverted memories or they have these memory blanks where they don't they have no memory of of, of an event actually taking place they know something happened but they don't have yeah. any memory of it yeah so maybe um maybe it's a, a case that these you know the children are experiencing something out of the norm mm-hmm. but in their little child mind they you know they're pulling on stuff that they understand in in a, in a child sense to understand you know like teddy bears and stuff that that's what they're seeing you know mm-hmm. you, you think that 
you can if we don't understand we don't see something we don't understand it so we have to kind of understand it from the point that what we understand you know if yeah if you know yeah yeah and and like to the point like uh if it's a it's if it's a traumatic event and and yeah. they're they're kind of filling in the blanks for themselves i mean that's that's a common defense yeah mechanism but but on this on the other hand like a lot of children and i'm just reading about this now so it's on my mind but children especially young ones will re will be the ones to report seeing these yeah. very odd things that we as adults um, have maybe kind of shut our our imaginations down or shut our shut that part of our mind down where we yeah. don't see those things so automatically it's like no you no you didn't that's not real it's you know imaginary friend whatever the case may be but it is the a, a majority of the time these young children are like yeah that's the that's the purple lady that that is in my bedroom at night or you know no big deal to them like it's just it's happening to them it's their reality so my I wanted to add on here with young children in modern society you have young children that suffer from oh what we call night terrors you know uh, the the, mm -hmm. the evil man in the closet or whatever uh i've had that when i was a kid i used to suffer from that and i know other people that had it as well um do you think there's some sort of connection there with you know when you were young you you know, you just brought up when you were a young kid it's kind of like uh you seem to be more susceptible or more aware of this kind of stuff the yeah. these the paranormal stuff the weird stuff that goes on do you think that's a there's a connection there yeah i i just think at that point you haven't put your 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 barriers up yeah. yet your boundaries um because i i still f fully believe that there is more than meets the eye here there the paranormal is real as as to what extent or what it is or what's causing it i don't know yeah. that but there is something extraordinary going on. Um, so can children see that? Can they sense it? Can they experience it? Because they just haven't closed their the, that part of their mind to it yet, or they haven't they haven't shut that off for themselves yet, as most people do as they get older and start becoming skeptical about these things. So um, when you was younger, did you have any of that weird stuff going on? You know, I didn't really experience anything like that till about like I was I was in teenage years, like early teenage years when I started experiencing some weird things, which, you know, for the following decades afterwards, I looked back and was very skeptical. I was like, no, 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 no. That's just, you know, night terrors, sleep paralysis, whatever. I wasn't actually seeing anything and yeah. have only recently come around to it. But, yeah, during that time, like early teenage years, I. I had premonitory dreams. I saw weird dark masses kind of skirting along ceilings. And um, I saw a figure one time at the end of my bed. Um, and I just chalked it up to like a hypnagogic, hypnopompic kind of hallucination. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't, you know. Maybe so, there were things happening. So as we're getting to the end of this episode, our first, uh, the first Paratalk inaugural uh, live stream, I know, I know people would most probably want me to stay and talk all night, but, you know, I've got the washing up to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, uh, what I wanted to uh, get from you was uh, the paranormal in general, uh, the way it is today uh, with the advent of all the teleprograms and everything, where, where, do you, where do you see the paranormal in maybe another five to ten years? Do you think that it's going to that these this kind of interest in it is going to fizzle out uh and you know everyone's gonna 
move on to something else or do you think that it's going to carry on as it is at the moment? I think it will probably go down a little bit, fizzle a little bit, just because right now, like science and logic is king and there's all this other stuff that that we're focusing on so yeah i i think it will it will either remain you know or 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 go down a little bit the paranormal and the fascination that people have with it will never go away it's been around since the beginning of human history it's it's not going anywhere uh but it, it may take a dip here um for a little bit in the next five to ten years yeah and yeah. uh, uh, with the with the the paranormal, do you think that, uh, for example, uh, tomorrow they turn around and say, uh, that, "Yeah, there, we just want to let you know there is an afterlife, and when you pass on, you go to wherever you go, and mm-hmm. you can have all the things." Uh, do Do you think that that would have a detrimental? Would that be a positive thing, or would that be a negative thing? I mean, so many people already truly believe have that deep faith that there is something afterwards so is it already a detriment um in some cases sure if we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt tomorrow that yes there absolutely is something after this yeah i i guess i can only speak for myself personally i would just be relieved and that would be the only difference i would conduct my life no differently uh, okay, and what about uh, UFOs? With so, for example, uh, uh, aliens are, are here; they're here. Whatever, space brothers. Do you think all of a sudden uh, people are going to go? Oh, can you, uh, little little Bobby? He's got a bad knee. Can you make it better? Uh, can you do that for us? Will they be the new messiahs, or will they people start to uh, treat them as a like a something new to worship? Ooh, I think there's always going to be those types of people that would. Yeah, that that part of our society isn't going to go anywhere either. Um, but there's going to be a lot of us that would be able to just see the reality for what it is, right? It's just another intelligent species. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, I sometimes worry that uh, if, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Um, whoever came from uh, uh, wherever he come from and uh, landed in, you know, I, I have this, um, you know, you think about space, right? I'm going to get a bit spacey for the last, the last part of this uh, stream. But if you think of space, right? Yeah. I've got a little bit of a, I've got a little bit of a fascination with uh, the planets and Mars and all that because mm. I, uh, I'm, I'll tell this story again because I didn't tell you it. But uh, um, a long time ago, well, uh, twenty years ago, two decades ago, uh, when they were having all the Mars thing uh, and they were trying to. Uh, NASA were trying to, JPL were trying to raise money to mm-hmm. send a, a lander to Mars. Uh, they wanted uh, public support, and uh, as you know, as a, I was uh, somebody would go to their website and look at the pictures. Uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to put my name down. They wanted people to submit their names because the more people that submitted their support, the more chance that they would get funding from the American government. Uh, and it was it was a raging success. They got. Uh, uh, millions of millions of names, right, from all around the world. So obviously they got their funding to send a lander to Mars. One of the great things that came from that is that they created two discs, right, of all the people's names that they that people had submitted, and everyone got a certificate. I got a certificate because I sent my name in to say I pledged support, uh, and my name got put on one of these discs with all the other people, right? Mm-hmm. And when the landers went to Mars, the discs were etched and put into 
the actual panels of the landers. So when the, you know, the lander that lands and then the rover comes off and goes and does its thing. So uh, I have a little bit of a, a connection with Mars because my name's up there on one of those landers, which is great. I yeah, don't know, you know, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. But, but I'm also, I love looking at Mars. When I look at Mars, I don't see rocks and I don't see desolation. I see the remnants of a past civilization that had some amazingly massive cataclysm that possibly happened to it. Hmm. And it's been it's been left and eroded for hundreds and or you know hundreds of thousands of years, and uh, all we're seeing, okay, is the actual the tip. Mm-hmm. Everything is under the sand. Everything is covered up. I know it sounds a bit crazy and I sound a bit bonkers, but that's my theory. I just I, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that I look at the show stuff and you think look at the pictures and you go, oh, it's a bit weird. I don't you know it doesn't look normal. There, yeah, there's some strange uh, pictures. You you might have yeah. sent me one that I saw recently of a yeah. a doorway. There's yeah, a, the doorway, a doorway of Mars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, so I'm a little bit on the fence with that because you, yeah, that could be that could be uh, geology and that could be uh, a piece of rock that's broken off that looks like a doorway. It's very okay. hard to tell because okay. you can't actually see inside. But yeah. there are lots of other things on Mars that just don't look right, uh, and uh, I find it fascinating. But anyway. Going back to space, uh, looking at the vast uh, differences uh, in distance, when we, you know, you can say, oh, uh, one part of uh, the galaxy or one distance to a nearest star is like, uh, was it 25, uh, 25 million li- uh, light years or something crazy like that. I can't imagine how long it would, you know, it's, it's a mega distance, but it's a very small distance in you know in the distance of space the vastness of space Mm -hmm. so when we think of ourselves on this tiny little planet this little speck of sand right on in in a vastness of space and then we think to ourselves um well clearly these aliens are coming to visit us because uh we're important we've got something they want no i don't think i don't think we've got anything uh that that they want (laughs) i think that uh possibly uh we are the product of uh, what they're doing and they're just keeping tabs on us as on they are. On their project, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when you when you were at school, you you put bacteria in a in a petri dish and you watch it. You put it in a little oven. You put it in the thing and you watch it grow. And I think that there's a possibility that when you say, "Oh, they're coming from vast distance," I uh, know maybe not. Maybe they're already here. Maybe they've been here for a very long time, and that uh, we have got this kind of innate sort of uh, stick up our ear that we're the best and that we're the most important when. We're most probably not, uh, because you know we all we do is kill each other, really, and fight each other for over petty stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 when it when it comes to um, you know Alan the alien landing on the uh, the the outside the I don't know why he would land outside the White House. What would he care? He's an, <laughs> he's you know what, why just land on the beach? But uh, so he would land, and then he would come, and he'd say, "I'm here. I've come because you know I am." you know the alien and uh and everybody would sort of immediately go oh can you my granddad's got a bad arm can you heal him or my son's sick he's you know really sick can you heal him because uh, they've got you know they're they've got the power to do that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think that would create a bit of a problem because then we would start to um uh you know the church of alan you know everybody would go and worship him you know it's uh i just think that's a bit of a maybe that's maybe maybe that's why they haven't uh either this they haven't shown themselves because of something like that yeah i don't i don't it's got nothing to do with governments i don't think they if they're about i don't think they give two hoots what governments think 
I don't think they care what 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 who, who in the White House or who at number ten what they think. I don't think they care about. It. They're not important. You know, they're just listen. They 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 come from wherever. They're maybe tens of thousands of years more advanced. They're not really going to care what the prime minister, prime minister or the president thinks because if they want to do something, they'll do it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Simple mm-hmm. as that. It's, you're not you're not part of the equation. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. They, they they don't need permission yeah. from from any higher ups. I mean, we're all basically the same. I, I would think the same yeah. to them across the board. They're interested in the species rather I think than they're more interested in the planet than they are us. Oh, <laughs> I think, okay. I think yeah, that's what I think. I okay. think they let's look at planet Earth. It's a machine, isn't it? It's a living machine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it's got an ecosystem, and it you know, and all the fish live there and you know, the squirrels or whatever. And we're coming along and we're just doing a big old all over it, aren't we? So mm-hmm. they're like, hang on a minute, you can't be doing that. Get all them bottles out of the ocean. Stop drinking Coke. You so know? Do, you, do you think that's why the the extra I, sightings now? Well, I think uh, I think that the sightings are becoming more progressive and more uh, prevalent because mm-hmm. we are all walking around with a camera in our pocket uh, and uh, we're filming stuff. Like, if you think about it, Back in the day, uh, even back in the eighties, uh, we had you know mobile phones weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, I saw something in the eighties. My friend and my dad, I, I saw lights in the sky at night, and it was weird. And they flew off, and it was, it was mental. And mm-hmm. I know other people that saw stuff. Uh, I talked to um, other people that saw these, you know, triangle. That could have been uh, secret projects, but we don't know. But uh, so yeah, I mean, but I didn't film it because there was no such thing. I mean, video cameras and that were even just. You know, you were massive, huge things, TV camera size. So um, you didn't have that back then. But now yeah. everyone's got video cameras, uh, good high quality cameras in their pockets and they can film stuff. Uh, I, I will I will say that most there's a lot of people out there that have got these high quality cameras. that haven't got a clue how they work, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. that's maybe that's another thing why a lot of these videos are 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 not very good. But there's there's people have got stuff to document stuff. So. There's a chance that that's why we're seeing more of it. But also the downside of that is that software has become so good now, video editing software, that you do, when you look on the internet, you don't know what you, you're looking at stuff going, hmm, is that real? You know, or is that yeah. after effects? You know, yeah. what, what is that? Is that because it looks it looks so real that you, you immediately think, nah, it's too real. It looks too real. So nah, it can't be real. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. And uh, yes, everybody has the access to the way to document, but everybody's got the access to the photo editing programs and the the footage editing programs now. So yeah, it does kind of propel that skepticism that's already within us to just knowing that it's so easy to do and you can make it look so real. There are ways to tell, like, you know, generally there are ways to tell and you do get very good at seeing you know, the parts of it that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that definitely was edited. But every now and then you do come across a piece of evidence or footage that's like, mm, that's pretty convincing. Yep. Now, so, so uh, there we have it. That is the, uh, that we've come to the end of the first uh, Paratalk live stream. I think uh, I enjoyed myself. That was fun. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Apart from, we went uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Apart from what happened at the beginning, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> I think I need a new audio interface, but there you go. Uh, I um, I was going to ask you, I wanted to thank everyone for coming and supporting uh, the first stream. Uh, there will be more. Um, I, I'm going to try and make this a regular thing. 
uh, and have other people on. And obviously, you know, Kristen will of course be back. So we'll 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 sort of make it a, a semi regular thing. Uh, Kristen, w- won't you let everybody know if they want to listen to your podcast where they can find it and uh, what you know a w- w- little bit about your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's the Paranorm Girl podcast and you can find it, listen to it um, anywhere, actually, right now, any any platform that you listen to your your shows. Um, and just to re- uh, reiterate uh, what I said at the beginning, it's, you know, it's a it's a show coming from the perspective of a skeptical believer. Um, it's it's an open minded look at the the nuts and bolts of what makes up the paranormal and these phenomenon this phenomena um and just trying to make sense of it coming to some sort of opinion and conclusion for myself so you know i cover a different subject every season um so this upcoming season season four it's going to be going up in just a week and a half two weeks now um it's all on psychics and mediums uh but definitely check out the last seasons i've covered mandela effect shadow people um demons uh so it's it's a very thorough deep dive Mm. yeah i think Anyone needing a wanted to brush up on their uh, their 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 skills, uh, get a little bit of a, a different thought. Needs to listen to Kristen's podcast because it def- definitely goes in into a lot of detail, uh, more detail <laughs> than my shows do. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to put this up uh, from the Blade Man. Uh, what are my thoughts on the coming coming upcoming UFO Chapel Green mm. uh, film? As he lives near Bentwaters, well, as we know, what happened to Bentwaters with uh, the uh, UFO encounter. Uh, Chapel Green, yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I've, I, you know, I'm on the fence. I'm, I, anything like that. Any new films coming up, I, uh, I, I'm always happy to, you know, sort of support stuff and uh, listen and uh, give it, give it a fair shake of the stick. Uh, unfortunately, there's, I don't know what it is uh, with modern uh, programs and documentaries, but sometimes they have to overdo it and they have to make it too dramatic. I just want to. I just want those documentaries that we used to watch back in the uh, in the late 70s where they were really some people might say, well, that was boring. But I, I want it like that because that gets the facts over. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, keen to see what, what it's about, um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I won't pass judgment until I've watched it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I wasn't familiar with that. I'll have to check it yeah, out as well. Uh, I'm not. It, it's it's been in it's been in the uh, it's been in the in the making for a while. Um, it's uh, yeah. Okay. What can I say? Uh, when it comes out, it comes out, and I'll I'll definitely give it a give it a, a fair shake of the stick. And real quick, uh, Rick, thank you. You're the best. Thank you. Good, good. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Paratalk podcast, um, and obviously Kristen has let you know what her stuff is. Um, as I say, there'll be more live streams if you. Uh, have you got any ideas for live streams or if you've got any questions you'd like uh, talk, us to talk about on a live stream, you can always go to uh, Paratalk Podcast and go to the contact form and write your stuff in there and send it in. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll make a little list of things that people want us to talk about and uh, I'll um, I'll be sure to include it. But anyway, so thanks, everyone, for uh, coming and supporting the show uh, and uh, take care. See you later. Bye.